Welcome to the show designed to help guys feel better, look better, and perform better. Hosted by Dr. Asandra of New Mill Medical Center and Frank Kramer from 95.5 KLOS. This podcast answers some of the tough questions about male wellness and makes men's health a priority. Welcome to Priority Mail. Frank Kramer here with Dr. Asandra. I know you do other things besides help guys with low testosterone. You help guys with erectile dysfunction. I think our voiceover chick did that for me just now. <laughs> that voice of hers, my God, sexy stuff right there. I was just about to say that. I know, huh? What doing? <laughs> this Love is it. what our, our third episode here. Uh, we do discuss uh, things. I say in the in the ad that uh, on KLOS where we do the morning show says listen to Doctor Sandra and my new podcast called Priority Mail on the KLOS podcast page or on iTunes. So if you probably already found it there, yep. it addresses many of your concerns, male concerns, very candidly. And I feel that the first two podcasts we were very very professional. So yes. Good job, guys. And yeah, because yeah, you are Doctor Asandra. I think I can call you Doctor now. We know each sure. other enough. Yeah. Uh, so, because uh, believe me, if I would have had Doctor before my name at some point in my life, even an honorary doctorate degree, that's what people would call me from now on. They, my my first name Frank would disappear from the planet. I'd just be Doctor Kramer. I like that. Uh, was that weird when you first uh, got the, the doctor? I mean, when you got your degree and it's like, oh, Dr. Asandra, did your friends make fun of you because they always knew you as Chris? Well, what's funny is that I actually went to med school right out of high school. So when I graduated medical school, I was only 23. What? No, I just turned 24. And so when I just turned 24, I was like, I got my doctor and I was like, I'm 24 years old and I'm being called doctor now. It was kind of weird. What happened to pre-med? I did a accelerated program right from high school right into uh, into med school. You did two years of undergrad, like year round, where they just accelerate you through, and then boom, you go right into med school. So it was pretty intense. You're like one of these phenoms. No, I was actually one of the dumbasses in class. <laughs> I think I, I really didn't study too hard. I was too busy uh, partying, working out. <laughs> so. uh, but yes, you do have. Uh, 12 new male medical centers scattered throughout the U.S. Yes, we have 12 clinics around the United States right now, just because we know there's a huge need nationally, internationally even. Uh, we just, our latest one was in Oklahoma City, and we plan on opening a few more, not only in California, but uh, more across the across the country. Now, is the main focus of new male medical center treating low testosterone? Is that it's, the main focus? It's not the main. I would say it's, it's, it's definitely a priority. Um, you know, when I started this, you know, kind of how I got started with making the, the clinics is, um, you know, I was an ER trauma doc before. And I'd go out a lot at night and all these uh, who's who around the, the, the city I was in at that time was Milwaukee would be like, hey, doc, can you get me Viagra and testosterone? And I'm like, why do all these guys want Viagra and testosterone? And I was like, oh. There's a business opportunity here, and there's obviously a need for it. So I would say probably our number one is probably erectile dysfunction. And then secondly, would probably be the, the low testosterone. But I think, you know, guys correlate the two together. They think if I have low T, I've probably got ED as well. So then, you know, it's kind of the gateway to get them in. But um, Are they always hand in hand or no? Not huh. always. Uh, I, like that. <laughs> I mean, as far as like if I have low testosterone, I might not have erectile dysfunction? That's correct. So sometimes it could be a blood flow issue, but not a hormone issue. But certainly it's associated with it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, the 12 new male medical centers around the country. If you want to uh, check them out, I guess you can just go to uh, newmail.com and it'll link you to yep. all the locations. So uh, N-U-M-A-L-E.com. And uh, I started visiting you. Um, what was it? Over a year it's, now. It's been over a year oh, now. Yeah, it's been and over a year. yeah, I am proof that low T is totally treatable. I 
was able to even make a joke about low testosterone this week because Mr. T turned 67. I said we should start calling him Mr. Low T because he's 67 years old. He's probably got low T. He probably does. Thank you. Thank you. We hired the the joke drummer guy. He's he's new for this podcast today. But uh, you naturally lose testosterone decade after decade, year after year. Yeah, after the age of 30, you start declining about 1% to 2% a year. Sometimes it's even more if you have other diseases. If you let yourself go, you have uh, you start getting, you know, let yourself get out of shape. And then a lot of the, I think a lot of our diet now, those things in our diet can actually lead to low testosterone too. But all the stress levels, because if you think about how much stress we're under now, I mean, we're constantly being bombarded by what? Social media, emails, texts. You uh, porn. You porn. All that stuff, right? It's all there. I mean, seriously. So it just bombards you and you just get killed. The, uh, how much we hold our masculinity to uh, how things function. Right. Or, and how we feel. It's like as we get older, start to slow down. Recovery takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. If you get an injury, it's like it just lingers, it seems to. Yeah. Uh, and as far as our, our junk <clears throat> working properly... I mean, when it's not working properly, I think that could cause serious psychological problems too, as far as depression and things like that. Self-confidence issues, right? Big well, time. Well, I mean, you got to think of it like, it's like, I almost take, look at your junk, like any muscle in the body, you don't use it, you lose it. So if I work out my bicep every day, it gets stronger, it gets healthier. But if you're not having regular intercourse or, you know, doing things that you should be to keep the blood flow moving down there, it's going to shrink. It's not going to function as well. It will really shrink if you don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. It will over time. Yeah, it does shrink. Eric, start using it, man. Seriously. <laughs> I don't think I could use it anymore, Frank. I really have used and abused it. See, it's sad that if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yep. But if you use it all the time, it doesn't just get really, really big. This is like, my gosh, it's like <laughs> the, the Mr. Universe competition of penises. I you just get hairy palms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, like as far as getting older, I noticed my eyesight is starting to just to go. Oh. I mean, hitting that age where you just got to yeah. get the, the glasses out uh, to read a menu. Yeah. Um, is that in any association with, with testosterone loss? Well, when you said that at first, I was thinking, Frank, you were losing eyesight from something else. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, because, you know, yeah. here, it makes you go blind. Okay, I got you now. Um, no, it, it uh, you know, they, guys tell me once they replace, I will say this, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but once I get the testosterone levels optimized where they feel better, their mind works better and blood flow just works better. So guys actually tell me, like, vision improves. I can't say there's an exact medical correlation to it, but... The feedback I've had from men is that, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking clear. My eyesight's clear. Does it do that? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm glad it is. But with the natural degradation of the body as we age, sure. testosterone naturally goes down and eyesight naturally goes down. Right. And I don't know if that's like a from a caveman day thing saying, okay, yeah. you've, you've aged out of being the alpha male. So uh, no more hunting. Yeah. You can't yeah. see things. You can't hunt. You're just going to go over here and die behind a tree. Pretty much. But we don't need to do that. But you don't need to do that anymore because you have Dr. Asandra and his uh, New Male Medical Center locations. Like I said, I'm proof that it's totally treatable. Uh, now, when I had my blood work done, uh, you looked at it. Mm-hmm. And for my age, which I am 48 years old, mm. I was probably in the normal range for a 48-year-old guy. I wasn't extremely low, right? Right. You weren't low. I'd say lower end of normal, as we call it. But um, the goal here isn't to make bodybuilders, okay? I'm not here to make juice people up and get you looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything like that. It's really just to optimize it so you feel better and you don't get the side effects of it. So we just get you to the upper ranges of normal. 
And so you experience the benefits with not the, you know, there's this big misconception about roid rage and, and getting, you know, all aggressive on it, but actually guys who get to normal levels or optimal levels, they're actually in a better mood and, and less snappy than guys, someone with low T. I have guys with low T all the time. They're just irritable. They're, you know, their husband or their, excuse me, their wives or whoever, husband, partners or whatever are very, um, uh, they said that they just have a short fuse. That's probably the psychology. I mean, if your stuff's not working and you're not feeling like yourself, like a man anymore, anger comes out. Anger comes out. The fear right. of growing old. The fear of just really you know, yeah. your identity disappearing because you put so much into that, mm -hmm. you know, your whole life. Uh, as far as when you say normal testosterone levels, are you talking about the testosterone levels in your 20s when you say normal? We'll try to get you back to your, your ideal. Yes, ideal or optimal. I like to be at the higher end of the normal. Uh, so, you know, for so I say that of a 25 or 30 year old again. And, you know, then I notice people, their recovery is better when they go to the gym. That's one of the big things that guys tell me is, oh my God, I go to the gym, not getting any results. I go like four or five days a week. The fat's still there. I can't put on any muscle. I hurt for you know a week after when I work out. But once we replace their testosterone, they don't. most of those symptoms are, go away with it. Yeah, I was watching a show the other day called Easy. Mm. It was the first episode and the woman had been married for 15 years and she was talking to somebody on the phone about her husband who... His erections were like as half as you know uh, as um, hard, Stiff, yeah. yeah, as they as they, as used, they used to, to be. be. Yep. And she's still recalling back fifteen years ago. Like I've been with him fifteen years. I remember what it used to be like. So she found it harder for herself to be sexually active with him now because it's less than it used to be. Still loves him to death. You of know, course. obviously they've been yeah. together. They just, she doesn't want to leave or go anyplace, but. It also is crossing her mind, the change in your body. Right, right. Well, think about it. I mean, we've we've addressed this issue for years with women. It's okay when they go through menopause, right? And we talk about it. But when a guy goes through, has erectile dysfunction or they're, you know, they get older, we kind of laugh or giggle about it or it's kind of shunned and, and kind of looked down upon. Because we don't want to talk about it. That's why, that's why this podcast, no. we decided to do it because it's like a lot of guys don't want to talk about this stuff. And, and Dr. Sandra and myself, we had a, a live uh, Q&A session, mm -hmm. uh, invited a bunch of guys to come out, and it was about uh, 50 guys. And the honesty, the brutal honesty yes. in, a, in a group of guys together, it, it was absolutely amazing. And that's where like, well, guys want to talk about this stuff. And right. this is the way that you can kind of talk about it in the privacy of your own car by listening to this podcast sure. and, and learn something. Now, if you do have a question that uh, you want uh, Dr. Sandra to, to cover, uh, you can always uh, email the show your question. How do they do that, Eric? Podcast at gmail.com. Well, I'm glad you made it easy for them. It's easy. Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes, that is pretty easy. So uh, you've basically answered one of the couple of emails I'm going to read today. Uh, one of them says, I'm just going to call the guy L because he didn't sign it, but I see his name because sure. he wrote me from his personal email address. So we'll call him L. And L asked, do those pellet things really work, Frank? And you sort of answered that question. Uh, yeah. Well, as far as pellet things go, Dr. Sandra, you want to explain what he's even talking about? Sure. So the pellets are a new form of, I shouldn't say newer, they've been around, but uh, one of the new ways that we practice uh, replacing testosterone, where we put these bioidentical testosterone pellets under the skin, usually in your upper buttock or in hip area, and they kind of just slowly released over about four or five months or so. And you get that natural release 24 seven, so you don't get the swings and the roller coaster effect like you do with the gel that you gotta put on every day or the shots that you gotta do every week. So the pellets are really nice because you get that steady 24 seven release. Um, and it's bioidentical, meaning the exact the molecule of the hormone in the body is we match it one for one 
it's the same molecule. So guys feel really good on it versus the stuff that they may get from the gym or illegally or, or even synthetic forms of testosterone. So yeah, and we know Frank, you got them, you know, you've had them several times. So. Yeah. Uh, I've had the pellets uh, several times, alternating butt cheeks each time, but yeah. I, I like it because uh, you put them in and then four months go by, I don't have to worry about it. Now, I did look into other methods before I met you, Dr. Asandra, mm -hmm. and uh, one was shots. And the shots that I you know, put in my shoulder, yep. and it would create this knot mm -hmm. under my skin that would be there for days. Mm -hmm. and, but I had to do this every day, right. this shot. And so I'd alternate shoulders, but I'd have these really knotty, lumpy shoulders going back and forth and trying to find a space like a heroin addict. Where can I put this where I haven't shot up before? <laughs> right. and. I, it, it wasn't comfortable and it, and it didn't make me feel good about, is this good for me? Right. Uh, so as far as that knot, what was causing that? Well, that's usually an inflammatory reaction. Like it's going into your muscle or maybe it went into the fat and then your body kind of tries to fight it off a little bit. So it kind of, sometimes you can, I've seen guys with bad infections even. It's not an infection that you got, but it's just an inflammatory response from the muscle because the shots actually contain like an oil in there. It's either grapeseed, sesame seed, or cottonseed oil. I think it was grapeseed. Grapeseed oil. So your body probably didn't like that. And so it got, you probably had that painful little knot there for right. it and just inflamed. And that's what, so the testosterone is put in this uh, oil to be the, the how, how they transmit it into your body. Yep. So, so the, the oil does nothing it. for you. You're just trying to absorb the, it's a yeah. way right. of transferring it. Exactly. But I haven't had any problems with, with the pellets. I mean, you put those in and it's a very, very quick process mm -hmm. and it, it, you're on and gone and you say, yeah, don't work out for about five days. Yep. And it might be a little bit of soreness in the hip, but then after that week goes by, you know, I, I sometimes forget, well, which hip did I put them in this time? Right. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is worth it. So yeah, I definitely suggest that if you are thinking about it, if you're, uh, if you're tired, if you're not focused, if you're if you're my age, even if you're in your you know thirties, if there's if if you're not feeling like you used to, mm -hmm. uh, there's no harm in going to newmail.com and making an appointment with Doctor Sandra and let him look at your blood work and figure out what exactly is going on with you. And you know it might be going as a couple thing. That way, Doctor right. Sandra can talk about it because maybe you don't want to talk about it with your significant other because even though she knows and she can tell it's embarrassing to admit that you're just not who you used to be you're not the guy she knew that you know back in the day right and in some you know some of my patients don't even want to tell their their doctor about it because you know they maybe they feel uncomfortable telling their doctor or maybe it's a female doctor they don't feel comfortable with but i kind of wanted to develop a place where men could come and you know talk about these types of issues openly candidly because it's not addressed enough and i think most of the time men are just blown off you know here's some viagra here's some gel good luck do your thing, but they're not addressing the other issues. Like, you know, we, we really focus on trying to get their nutrition right and also their, you know, encouraging exercise with this as well. Now, nutrition is, uh, as we and Eric were talking about it earlier, Eric just has, has a little girl and a little boy, mm -hmm. and uh, you have out to dinner with your wife and, and kids. We go to sushi a lot. Okay. Like, it's my my daughter's favorite meal is Are sushi. Are kids supposed to eat sushi? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like a lot of it? Doctor approved. Yeah, once or twice a week, I think she's fine, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, her eyes are glowing red, but... Yeah, you can, that. you can tell the temperature by looking into her eyes now. So much mercury in there. But she loves soy sauce. It's her absolute favorite thing. And my wife goes, I think we should back off on the soy sauce because mm. she's going to grow breasts pretty soon. And I didn't know that that was a thing. And she educated me on soy. And I looked right. it up. And there are a bunch of foods that affect testosterone. And I had no idea. And I was yes. curious if you wanted to go over a couple Food, of things. There's foods that actually increase uh, yep. some testosterone. Increase. But then... This group, 
lowers it. So if you're feeling like you, you need to see Dr. Asandra because you have an issue already, maybe avoid these foods before you even go in. It might change. Right. You know, I think that there's a big soy craze right now. I don't know why everybody wants soy, soy, soy and everything. We actually call them soy boys because I'll have men come in and like check their testosterone. It's low and their freaking estrogens through the roof. Yeah, they have fantastic nipples though. Yeah, they do. Great breasts. So that's true. <laughs> soy does affect your estrogen as well? 100%. Because wow. here, here's where it comes down. The, the soy molecule is very similar to the estrogen molecule. So that's why they'll tell a lady who's going through menopause, drink more soy to kind of alleviate their symptoms of low estrogen. But if men take it, it increases your estrogen levels. It can increase your estrogen levels quite a bit and also kind of at the same time lower your testosterone. So all those soy burgers and all these soy drinks and soy protein and all that stuff, I kind of tell men to avoid anything soy. And they, soy make, they make soy protein powder yep, for, soy protein. for building muscle. It seems like it's counterproductive. It's going to yeah. turn into uh, estrogen. Yeah. And what really sucks is that if you do have an overabundance of testosterone, is it true that the testosterone will turn into estrogen? Yes. Good point. So a lot of bodybuilders, this is why they grow man boobs, right? Because they'll be doing stuff from the gym. They don't know what they're gaining. You know, it could be tainted. They do a lot. They do too much testosterone and that testosterone in the body has to convert into something. And what it converts into one of the byproducts is estrogen. And so unless you're taking an estrogen blocker with it, you're going to start having the effects of high estrogen. I mean, I have guys coming in, they tell me I'll watch a commercial or a Disney movie and I'll start crying. And that's when I check their estrogen, and it's like through the roof. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I know. Once in a while. Yeah, Eric just got his period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. So soy is on this list of foods. What other foods lower testosterone? That was number one, Frank. Number two, uh, dairy products. Dairy products. Yeah, our dairy products have so much hormones in there now. We don't even know what's in there. Um, so, Would that be more in the, in the dairy milk as right. opposed to like getting cheese? They say cheese too, but I think milk is a big one because, you know, we, we drink a lot of it now. Our kids drink a lot of milk. I don't even know if dairy's, dairy, cow's milk is even good for, for humans. There's some ongoing debate about it. Do we really need it? It's inflammatory. It and what, we're the only mammal that right. drinks milk past the milking phase? Exactly. Pretty much, right? Um, we're sick. Yeah. Seriously. Sick. I mean, who was like, I don't want to get off that tape. <laughs> I mean, and then we all bought into it but it tastes so it good it tastes so good but we're gonna pour on cereal if we don't have this right almond milk coconut milk that's usually you would go suggest. with almond milk or yeah, coconut yeah. milk to stay away from dairy coconut, yeah just stay away from the dairy so, products with kids now this is one of the reasons frank is because we're feeding our cows soy right yes so it's yep. that damn soy again mm-hmm. and uh so no soy no milk what else this says alcohol. Yes. Oh, alcohol. come on. <laughs> if alcohol caused estrogen to increase, I'd have Lonnie Anderson tits. <laughs> I need to really upgrade, upgrade my, uh, or update my references. Oh, I think it was solid. I think in moderation, it's okay. Yeah, I just- but, What, references know, to Lonnie Anderson? That too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm cutting you off. What is moderation for you, Dr. Asandra, when you talk about alcohol? You know, I, I, and it should be with anything. I think alcohol, I think, you know, a glass of wine at night's okay. Um, I heard know, that's good for the heart and a lot of other stuff. It's good for the heart stuff. and all that. Um, you know, nothing that you consider yourself an alcoholic. I think that's when you're getting too much. You know, six, 12-pack of beer a day is probably not not the best idea or binge drinking where you're passing out. But, you know, they'd say alcohol can increase your or decrease your testosterone levels as well. Um, but uh, Is that more of a beer thing? No, I think it's any alcohol. Any alcohol? Because yeah. I've never seen somebody with like a tequila gut. You know what I mean? True. It's like, is the beer gut really technically a beer gut or is the beer gut related to calories. lower testosterone? And well, that's where that's we calorie, carry fat. Calories, calories Yeah, I think it's mostly calories with that more so than actual. Now, if I started drinking a lot of beer, like mm-hmm. the alcohol, uh, 
you know, and testosterone levels. If I drank a lot of beer and I started the calories and I started getting the, the beer gut. Mm-hmm. And I know that when you lose testosterone, you start to carry more fat around right. your midsection. Right. Would that influence my testosterone to go down because I already have the fat around the midsection? It's like, oh, look, you're already out of the game. Nobody yeah. wants to have sex with you, so you don't need to, you don't need testosterone anymore. True. So if the more fat you carry, usually the higher estrogen levels you have too. So that's a big thing is to note. You really check guys' estrogen levels when they're when they're getting testosterone therapy or before, before they even start because. Um, that helps, you know, when I lower their estrogen levels, they actually start burning fat quicker and, you know, optimizing their testosterone at the same time. So, yeah, that's one of the signs that I, that I look for is, is that belly sec- midsection. Do you take uh, body fat measurements at, at your clinics to see, like, well, where are you on the body fat scale? Sometimes you're 45 percent. You're like morbidly obese. And so obviously that's going to make you look like you have a lot more estrogen inside you. So right. We, we do sometimes do that. Uh, it depends on which clinic we have, but we can measure the body fat. We're trying to get these new machines that tell your water weight, your muscle mass, and even your uh, your fat content. But it's it's a good marker because we know when guys start testosterone, as long as they improve their diet a little bit and work out a little bit, that they their body fat really just reduces, not necessarily their weight, but their body fat, and especially around the midsection, just shrinks. So these guys will tell me, I'm still the same weight, but I'm, I dropped two, three sizes in my pants. And that's because that they're, they're you know burning that, they're putting on muscle at the same time, but they're also burning that fat, especially around the midsection area. Eric, what other foods are on this list of foods to avoid to lower testosterone? Well, this one focused more on women, which we haven't talked a lot about, but this article says how important testosterone is actually to women and sex drive and so on and so forth. And they As study- far as women and testosterone, real quick, before you move on mm-hmm. to the next one, uh, is there an uh, optimal level for a woman's testosterone? Yes, I think based on their age, and that's a big misconception is that they're going to grow hair or beard or something like that and become a man. It's actually not true as long as we keep it you know, t- you know, know, in the right levels. Women need testosterone just as much as men, especially when they go through menopause, et cetera. They get this brain fog. They have no sex drive. Their libido crashes. They, can't, they gain weight. They can't put on muscle mass like they used to, and they just have no energy. So it's very important that we optimize testosterone levels in women as well. Do um, they peak at a different time as far as testosterone levels? Because as men, we obviously peak in our in our late early teens, 20s. early twenties. Yep. And women, they say their sex drive increases, increases in yeah. their mid thirties. Yeah, thirties to forties. Is that when their testosterone yes. is peaking as it's, a woman? It could. It depends on their lifestyle too. Sometimes we see it in their twenties as well because they're more active. But uh, we definitely know their libido goes higher during that time. Um, but uh, then they crash when they have all the uh, the symptoms of menopause and their elders ovaries shut down. Basically, then they they crash and they they feel like crap. When, when that happens, just like men do, you know, we have andropause, they have menopause, as we call it. Andropause. What happens when they got andropause? It's weird. Menopause, because men is at the beginning of that word. Yeah, it's for figure, women. We, we figure we would have that one. It right. sounds like an X Man. Andropause. <laughs> <laughs> he's the X Man. Just stays back there because he's just too tired to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> he's the old fogey. <laughs> Good luck, fellas. <laughs> See you later. I'm gonna sit down. <laughs> right. So when it comes to women, they studied uh, mint and licorice root mm-hmm. are two items on this list. Uh, I guess the calming mint teas they specifically studied, and that mm-hmm. reduces testosterone. In women. That's what I heard as well. Well, yeah. I guess if you're ordering a mint tea as a guy, your testosterone probably is low. But yeah. this study specifically studied how women's testosterone is being affected by all that mint tea, oh. and it is being reduced. And mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's a big hit oh, with the ladies. That's one too, Frank. Dessert. Thin mints. Sugars, uh, Girl Scout yeah. cookies. Mm, yep, good. desserts, breads, pastries is another one, and certain fats mm. also reduce your testosterone. Omega fats don't. Omega fats, like the, the from fish and all that. So you're talking about sushi actually help increase your 
your testosterone as well. Yeah, it's this really says that's going to increase uh, my testicular size and function, Ooh. eating plenty of omega-3. So you're saying, but you said carbohydrates, basically. Carbohydrates, yeah. Are a big thing that will lower your testosterone. Yep, exactly. It gives you short-term energy, but it'll lower your testosterone. So I guess if you were on one of the paleos or the keto diets that are so mm -hmm. popular right now and you were doing a lot of protein, mm -hmm. that might naturally bring your... Yeah, some guys notice that little boost with that, but they're also improving their health too. They're losing weight, they're losing fat, so that can... Have you ever heard of keto crotch? Mm -mm. What's keto crotch? It's uh, something that's happening to women who are taking on the keto uh, diet uh -huh. that it's making them have a certain aroma downstairs. It's called keto crotch, and it's not pleasant. I was I, say, is it good or bad? I think it's not <laughs> pleasant. That's why it's got, I mean, a name. Okay. And it's like, okay, beware of this or watch for this, or you might want to... Keto crotch. Keto crotch. Why, why do you think? I mean, I know you're just hearing it for the first time, but... Why would there be an association with that? Well, area? I think if you think about keto, you're you're kind of changing the pH of the body, and the vaginal area is very sensitive to pH changes in there, and so different types of bacteria can grow, or sometimes yeast and all that. So I think that may be affecting as well. But it's not only there; it's even your breath. I notice people who are on keto, their breath is a little more. It's kind of that ripe. Yeah, ripe. You know that minty, uh, not minty. It's fruity, kind of this. It's but. It, it's definitely not pleasant. So people who are cutting weight and all that, they have that keto breath, as we call it. So probably the same thing's happening down there, I'm assuming. Good, good, good thing we can't get it. Keto crotch. But as far as going back to vaginas <laughs> and how they they are basically self-cleaning, I mean, as far as women taking care of them, yep. you don't want to use a lot of soaps and things like that because you want to keep that pH level a certain right. level and then right. certain bacteria that are really good for you. As far as the male uh, mm -hmm. penis... It doesn't clean itself. We have to clean it every day. Right. Every right. day? Yeah, you should. You I mean, should? Come on now. I mean, can't we go, like, if it didn't really get dirty? We know where it's been. I mean, right. do you have to clean it every day? Sure. I think you should. You really should practice good hygiene, Frank. <clears throat> Come on now. Well, well, I mean, Eric, you don't shower every day. Well, I've got a little secret. Uh -oh. I've been showering every day. You liking it? No. I don't like it, but I, for some reason, I've been doing it every day for the last two or three weeks. I think we've made you self-conscious because Eric does not have a sense of smell. That's the thing is oh. I can't smell anything and they've told me one too many damn times how stinky I am. Well, doesn't your wife tell you? No, she she knows that, that I just stink. <laughs> but Frank, the last time, I think when I started, I was next to Frank and he just looked over and goes, so when did you stop using deodorant? Oh, he was at rank. Huh? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's why it's like with, with ladies, I mean, I guess there's, uh, there's that... Uh, that fear of having an area that's mm -hmm. not, you know, clean and, and appealing, so they might overdo it and clean it too much, and then right. that's you know that counter, be counter exactly counterintuitive. So with guys, there's also I guess a condition called uh, balanitis mm -hmm. that is from not cleaning your wiener. Yes, yeah, and that's more I'd say more for guys who are uncircumcised. They you know they get something in there called smegma. Ooh, Isn't that a bad yeah, cool word, smegma? That sounds like an X-Men bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Essentially dick cheese is what they, what they call it. <laughs> so. His friends call him dick cheese. <laughs> but he's schmegma when he's a super villain. <laughs> Captain Schmegma. <laughs> oh, my it. God. Yeah, smegma. <laughs> but, so, yeah. but to me, as far as like, you know, a guy looking down or having some pain, so it might cause pain down mm -hmm. there in this, this balanitis condition. Yeah. I was just reading about it when we were looking up stuff to talk about, you know, male issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I thought maybe this is a, a male issue, but a very young male issue. Like, okay, when you're a, you're a kid, you didn't like taking baths and you right. didn't like taking care of yourself. Maybe you weren't taught by a person the proper way to clean a penis. Yeah. But when you're a, a grown man and you're not, uh, you know, peeling back foreskin, giving a good swabby, 
Yep. You know what I mean? That can happen. And Have you seen things like that? I know you've absolutely. been like in the, in the yeah. ER and all this other other stuff. You've seen bad, bad penis stuff. Oh yeah, I've seen a lot of bad stuff there. Like what? Well, STDs, S- mm. diseases, and all that. And you know, you've got they've got the drip, something coming out, oh. a lot of pubic lice. You know, all that stuff. How do you not get pubic lice when you're treating somebody with pubic lice? Mm. I mean, when you see their bugs, and you're like, oh boy, right. Well, I don't. We he doesn't t- rub his. I was going to say I don't rub my crotch against theirs. But so. Can't they hop? I think that's fleas more, more than you got to have like close proximity contact more so. I think because I had is pubic lice and crabs the same lice. thing. Yes, because they look like crabs under a microscope if you look at them. Yeah, I had crabs once. Really, but I thought they hopped on me from a friend. Uh huh. Because I lived in a in a fraternity house okay. and we all slept in what they called the cold dorm. So pretty much a bunch of bunk beds up in the attic and then sure. everybody had a room to keep their clothes but we all slept in like a barracks type situation and one of the guys got crabs Oh my god! and he slept close to me and I'm like well, you know, that's how I got him. Mm. But you're saying the crabs can't jump. Well, I guess they could. I mean, you guys were, they could be on the sheets White too. crabs can't jump. Or is it possible <laughs> that <laughs> that you guys were both with the same lady? If you're living you in such close proximity. There you go. I think that might have been true. Mm. You weren't scissoring, were you? No, we weren't scissoring. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that might have been true. Yeah. Come to think of there it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, There's see? your source. I got to change my story now. <laughs> I know. This entire time, you never thought that maybe you were both with a loose woman? I just thought they hopped. I just assumed that... They travel, they pack their bags and travel. Yeah, it was like like fleas or like yeah. they would just jump from one bunk bed to the next and then you got it and everybody got it. And so we all got to burn in the sheets and, you know, and, and do the lice soap and stuff like that. Yeah. You must have had a groupie that that was around the house all the time. Yeah, I remember her too. She was she was cute and and uh, very petite, and I remember trying to get in her pants for a long time, and she wouldn't let me. But she would start to sleep with a couple of the brothers in the house. Oh my god! How did not see it? And I was like, "Well, why are you sleeping with them and you're not sleeping with me?" She goes, "I really like you." Oh, well, what? thanks. This makes no sense. I know she oh, no. she really liked me, so she as wanted to like yeah have a relationship. No, I mean like as a boyfriend, like right. she was like let's pursue this relationship, but I still have my needs, and I'm gonna have your brothers have sex with me. Mm. Oh. Interesting. You were the guy she needs, not the guy she wants. Got it. That's what I always get. You know how to take the sting off, Eric. You really do. <laughs> you know how to take the sting right off. So the point is, wash your penis every day. Good hygiene is. Very, very important. It's important. Very important. We do have one more email. Oh, we do? Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is from, I'll call him A, okay, at um, PriorityMailPodcast at gmail.com. He says, Dr. Sandra, I live in Arizona, Mm -hmm. and I'm very interested in pellet therapy that Frank always talks about. Do you take out-of-state clients? If not, can you recommend what I should do here in Arizona? They can always come and visit me. Um, you know, I have a lot of patients that fly in internationally to come see me. I think probably the closest one to him would be the Las Vegas clinic, which we have. You can always make it a fun trip while you're there. Or my clinic in Beverly Hills here. We, they could go to either. Uh, we'd still need to do a consult and blood work. It's a very thorough, you know, workup for every person. But I'm sure there's people in Arizona that do it as well. Uh, the pellet therapy, it's definitely there. But, I mean, happy to see out-of-state patients all the time or international patients as well. Because it's four or five months, you got back to yeah, so it's, it's not like you got to go every week. Make a trip right. out of it. You can go to Vegas every four months. Right? And he must have some association with here because he knows who you are, Frank. There right. So he's got to come here anyway. It's probably Ed. Probably oh. is. It's, it's not. <laughs> no, Ed has erectile dysfunction. Oh, does he? 
That's why his name's Ed. Oh. Speaking of erectile like dysfunction, yeah. uh, what is the first symptom of dysfunction? Is it just less powerful boners or what? Well, it, let's define it first. Difficulty obtaining or maintaining an erection. So most guys will tell me it comes up, but then I can't maintain it. Um, and that's when they start thinking, oh, maybe it's low T, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Um, and I see it in all ages. I mean, it could be stress related too. Sometimes we have good days. Sometimes we have bad days. That's just, that's just meant for you. Maybe you drank too much. You got whiskey dick. I don't know. It, it's many different things, but when it becomes more of an issue is when it's like, gosh, now it's really not working. I'm, I can't have intimacy with my partner. Then, then that's really an issue. You know, you need to get checked out because I always say if that's not functioning right, it's kind of like the penis is the window to the body. If that isn't functioning right, something else in the body is not functioning either. And a lot of times guys will be diagnosed with diabetes or high blood pressure. Or they're getting obese. Something else isn't the blood flow ain't moving like it should in other words. So that's why I say if that's happening, it's probably good to go see your regular doctor, get a checkup and make sure everything else is looking okay. It could be medications they're on too. Uh, if they, or, you know, the drugs and other things that they may be doing that can affect uh, performance. And you also treat uh, premature ejaculation. Yes, we do PE or premature ejaculation. How many guys would you say, just percentage-wise, are out there who are suffering from that but never really want to admit that either? Well, you know, I think that with PE or premature ejaculation, we'll say PE, is that uh, it could be it could also be ED. They don't erectile dysfunction, so it's kind of important to determine which ones, you know, what's happening first, you know, because sometimes they can't get an erection at all, and then they get one real quick, and they ejaculate, and they go down. So that's it's really important to see which one's happening. So Really, both together. So your penis yeah. knows it only has so much time to hold on to this, so better get done now? Yeah, well, guys with a lot of adrenaline, sympathetic drive, are going to ejaculate quicker. They, they have performance anxiety, so it literally just comes up for a second, and then they ejaculate, and boom, it comes right back, and then you go back down. So, you know... That's a that's a big thing is to determine what's what's the cause of it, et cetera. But they have they have noticed that some studies have shown that guys with lower testosterone levels um, have more incidence of PE with that, which is why we need to optimize the testosterone. But uh, you know, and they have all these sprays and creams and numbing creams that you can put on and all that. But, but you don't want to do that, right? No, it's just masking the problem. I mean, you're not really taking care of the issue at at, at hand, you know. And, and these guys, I tell them they should be trying to have a little more relaxed before you do it. Try to find someone that doesn't put pressure on you and also have more intercourse or have more intimacy because that's going to, more practice makes perfect, you know. And the, the PE is also treated with pellet therapy? It's like it's also a testosterone yeah, so issue? Definitely. We want to optimize our testosterone with that. We have other medications that we can use for PE that keeps them, it's actually the same treatment we use for ED uh, that keeps them erect longer so that at least they can, even if they were to ejaculate quickly, that they can keep going and keep performing for their partner, satisfy them, satisfy themselves. But uh, over time, I've noticed the more they use that, that, um, you know, if they keep an erection for a half hour, 45 minutes, then and they keep going, even if they ejaculate early, that they kind of train and condition their body to last longer. It's like training for a marathon is what I tell them. Yeah. I got another email here talking about uh, penis enlargement surgeries. Mm. Uh, do those work? Uh -huh. You mean a friend of a friend? Was yeah, a friend just emailed me. <laughs> uh, okay, that's not an email. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of penis enlargement procedures. Yes. But I don't do those. But oh, you don't do those. But what I hear dangerous. is that nobody really should because there's. No. I think that I read where eighty percent of the guys who've gone through an enlargement procedure are not satisfied not. with the results. It can cause way more problems than you had before. And the sad thing is that most guys, uh, most of the guys who are going in to even uh, inquire about it, yep. have normal sized penises. Yes, that's the thing. 
What is the average size now? I think it's like 5.4 inches or something. about two and a half inches or something. Oh, uh-huh. Trying to make yourself feel better. I'm average. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 5.4, 5.2, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. depends on the country, too. You know, because in the Congo... Obviously, it's bigger yeah. in certain countries. If she's got a great country, it's much bigger. Uh, you, you think so? You think so? No. Um, <laughs> but uh, is there anything? I mean, I mean, they said if you were going to try anything, maybe those pumps would work just to stretch out the tissues. And, yeah. But if, is that completely temporary? Like you it's, said, work it's it. It's usually temporary. You said use it or lose it. Like working a bicep, if you keep using it, you're going to grow your muscles. So yep. if if I took a, a stretching class, and I want to learn how to do splits, you know, in sure. six months, and I end up being able to do the splits, doesn't that kind of work the same way with the tissues of the penis? It could, but it you know it's it's be careful doing that because a lot of guys overdo it and they stretch out the tissue too much and it can actually cause more damage than they have ED. So one of the things that we do is you know we we use actually platelet rich plasma or PRP to kind of enhance the 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 penis size as What's well. What's that? So we draw your blood, we spin it down and take out the growth factors and the platelets from it and super concentrate it, numb you up first, and then we inject it back down there. Yeah? It, it not, yeah. It not only helps with function and growing new blood vessels, it kind of thickens it up too, but it makes it healthier. And when it's healthier, it gets a little bigger. And if anything, as guys age, we kind of lose size over time. So it kind of brings you back to the way you were in your earlier years. And Is so, this just a flaccid thing or also erect? Both. Both. Both, yeah. So you, you inject it and it just stays there. Obviously, it absorbs back into your body at some point, sure. right? Well, it causes repair. So it's repairing the tissues, it's repairing the blood flow, increasing blood flow down there. So that's going to really help it, you know, enhance the size as well. Uh, mainly the girth, I would say, more so than length. But and you put it, you inject these platelets into the penis with yeah. a needle. With a needle. Is it a little? Is it a little prick? The littlest needle I got. I'll use it. <laughs> Not a anymore. Little, a little prick. Oh, yeah. uh, Eric, do you want to try that? Sure. 2.4 inches is a little low. Yeah, smaller. We'll, we'll get me up to two and a half. We'll there get me there. I, I've looked into everything, every single thing, uh-huh. because I've always been insecure. I'm not sure if I'm normal. I don't know what I am, but I have penis dysmorphia. It's where you've seen so much porn. You were raised on so much porn that when you look at yourself, yeah. you can't possibly judge your actual size because I have been <sighs> trained in my brain for my entire life because I grew up with porn. Right. And everything on 16. camera looks 10 pounds heavier. There you go. <laughs> but I grew up in the generation where porn was accessible at the age of 16. Right when I hit my sexual prime, I was exposed to an entirely new world. Right. So other people's penises, I saw more than my own being used. Right. So now when I look down, I don't know if uh, what I'm doing is right. If, uh, you know, if I... So say some guy comes in and he's got the the average size penis. Sure. And he's like, hey, doc, I I want some platelet Mm fill-ups. Are you going to say, listen, you're average, you're fine. If this is just for size, don't do it. Or would you say, hey... Look at a hurt, and how much actually when you do the procedure do you gain on, a, on we, an average five point two? Um, well, we gain about almost like I'd say in girth, almost like a half a half an inch in girth, and maybe like quarter to a half inch that, in length as well. Is that on the circumference or on the circumference di- uh, uh, and across? Length. Okay. Huh. So, but but here's the thing: most of the guys that want it larger, I'm like, and I've I see hundreds of these, right? So right. I'm like, you're actually okay, and I think like Eric was saying, it's. The porn industry is like, you got to understand, these guys are freaks of nature, right? Right. And they're just doing it nonstop and they have no ED and all that. But I, th- I think that's the problem with our culture is that that's become the, they, they view that as the norm. And it's really not, okay? Your average guy does not have a nine inch 
cock, if you will, right? And then a lot of times when they see porn, they, it leads to ED as well because they watch so much porn. I'm not saying don't watch porn. I'm just saying when they watch too much of it, they need that stimulus yep. in order to get an erection to, you know, when they're with their partner or whatever. It's just like, it's kind of counterintuitive. So I say, you know what, take a break from it for a bit right. and just relax because not everybody has a nine inch cock. Yeah, get out ahead of this now because I think that, you know, you, you might be noticing things going on with your with your penis yep. that, uh, that you're going to keep it in private mm-hmm. and you're not going to talk to your mate about it and she's going to start thinking that it's her and then right. that something she's doing something wrong or you're not attracted to her anymore because you're watching porn in the other room trying to wake it up. Right. So instead of going through that drama uh, and the confusion and the miscommunication in the relationship, you should just call Dr. Asandra, get your blood work done and see where you are from the beginning as opposed to trying to treat this yourself yeah, and figuring exactly. it out. Exactly, exactly, because it's just going to lead to more problems later. So. Yeah, if you want to uh, make an appointment here uh, in Los Angeles, the number is 424-400-2208. That's, or you can visit newmail.com, N-U-M-A-L-E.com. It's Newmail Medical Center. Uh, he's helped me. He's helped me roll back the clock on my life, and he can help you as well. So, uh, And be sure and, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a, a little five-star review. And... Uh, Send your questions. Again, Eric, what's the uh, email address for questions? PriorityMailPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Any question you have, we'll, uh, we'll cover it. All right. This has been another episode of Priority Mail. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys.